Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 331 of the World's Most Dangerous Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me again this week, the godfather, Bill Lack. How are you today, Bill? I'm great. I'm great. I'm up here past, way past my bedtime. <laughs> no, keeping you up late tonight. I'm telling yeah, you. This, this is a late, this is like late night with David Letterman for me. You know? <laughs> late night with Bill Lack. Um, well, yes, it is a little bit late, but I'm excited because we're going to talk about something other than the Big Red Machine this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll have to see if I know anything about the current Reds. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, and we had a, a qu- question much about the Big Red Machine, but it was, I knew more than that. Yeah. We got a question uh, about that later, so we may talk about that a little bit, but we do want to talk about the current day Reds, and they are still on the field. And uh, spring training two, electric boogaloo, is underway. And of course, there, it's not going to be a full 162 game season, but this week the schedule was finally announced, and your Cincinnati Reds will play the first of their 60 games against the Detroit Tigers on Friday, July 24th. It'll be a 6:10 start time. You going to the game, Bill? Yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be sitting in the diamond seats. I'd say that uh, there'll be plenty of them available. <laughs> Friday, July 24th, the Tigers are coming in for a three game series to start the season on that weekend, and of course they're coming in a couple days before that. They're going to play a couple of exhibition games on uh, Wednesday and Thursday of the, or excuse me, on Tuesday and Wednesday of that week, and then they're going to have Thursday an off day, and then Friday will start the season. So, the Detroit Tigers, uh, not a typical opening day opponent, but I'll take it. Any thoughts on the schedule? Not a whole lot to say, really, about the schedule. Well, there are a couple points I want to make. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I, I think the Reds got to. The Reds have got to come out of the gate fast. Um, by by all intents and purposes, or at least by all the way things look, um, they got kind of a break with the schedule. They got five of their first nine against the, against the Tigers, who lost what 114 games or something last year. And then the other four against the Cubs, but they're at Great American Ballpark. Now, whether playing at home is going to be any kind of advantage or not, who the heck knows at this point. And and, and even after, you know, and then a week later, they, you know, on the 11th, they get the Royals and the Pirates and then the Royals again. So up through the middle of August, the red schedule is pretty, pretty sweet. Yeah. You, you know, know, at least it appears to be. It does. And I think that's backed up by some of the metrics, which uh, was what I like to see. Uh, we always had talked here on the podcast about how it looked like the Reds getting to play the National League or the American League Central, you know, as the only uh, outside of the NL Central games they're going to play will be against the AL Central and how that looks pretty good. But as it turns out, the Reds, their new schedule is more helpful to them than their old schedule. It's it's an easier schedule by a factor greater than anyone else in the big leagues. And I didn't really explain that well, so let me try to explain what I mean by that. <laughs> They're 33% of the Reds' games now, 33% of their schedule, 20 games are going to be against the Tigers, Pirates, and Royals. Now, those teams went 175 and 310 last year. So those are three not great teams, the Tigers, Pirates, Royals. But we had thought when the schedule was first announced, well, before the schedule was announced, we thought it was going to be we'd have more games against the Indians than any of the AL Central teams. But that's not the way it turned out. we got the Tigers. So the Reds, uh, you know, have by far the best, uh, most Im- most improved schedule. I guess the only way to put it. And, uh, of course, Seattle, they got the worst. They got hammered hard. But, uh, you know, that doesn't mean the Reds can't uh, are going to necessarily be the champs. But 
it's helpful. And uh, but you're right, they've they got to come out. Uh, they got to come out strong. Again, we've said this a couple times. They've really got to play well early against these teams that that are they're expected to be better than. And and because and honestly, after uh, about the twentieth of August, it, it's pretty tough the rest of the way out. I mean, it's it's going to be a grind. Well, you look at the first week and a half; they're going to play, or really first week. What if they lose two or three of the Tigers and they get swept by the Cubs? They're done. We use God. They're done at that point. Can you stop. Yes, I'll stop. I agree. That's not going to happen. No way it's going to happen. But we just got to have a good start. Got to have a good start now. You know what? Though? It's funny you talk about that. I mean, because the odds of that happening are pretty rare. Something occurred to me the other day is how would you like to be trying to set odds and, and bookmaking in Vegas for any kind of professional sports right now? Yeah, and those guys generally know what they're doing. But right now, it's just who knows. Everything's a guess. I mean, you you, you could. I mean, if you were going to pick the two teams right now, you expected to win the World Series, you'd probably say the Yankees and the Dodgers. But what if what if they get four or five guys that come down with corona, or three guys, or you know two big you know two stars? This or, isn't the kind of year where you can go out and sign somebody and bring them in unless you leave some spots on your roster. I mean, it, it's just everything is a wild card. Everything is is you know a, a guess at this point. And not even that, even just a regular injury that that happens in baseball. They're going to be magnified this year if one of your best players is hurt and out for a month. Well, you know, that's most of the season, basically. So. Yeah, but don't you think the odds of somebody coming down with corona is more than somebody getting hurt is higher? Oh, certainly. Yeah, I think so. But Yeah, that's what I mean. Though. That, and, and, you know, you kind of take injuries into account. And I guess you got to kind of look at this the same way. But you, you, your odds are if you lose a guy to injury, you're going to lose one guy. If you get one guy with corona, you could get four. Yeah, yeah, and if that starts happening, who knows if they even uh, finish the season? But that's uh, we're well, gonna. And that was the other question I was going to ask you before we get back to the schedule. What do you, what do you think the odds are that, that we get a World Series? Oh, I I would not lay odds on it. I wouldn't bet on it. Now, we, someone uh, said in our our Slack channel, the our Patreon supporter Slack channel, that uh, they said zero percent chance there's going to be even the first game of the season, and I don't think that's. I think it's a hundred percent they'll play. The first game, but I, I it's uh, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bet the ranch on them playing much more than that, frankly, because it's just who knows. What do you, yeah. you, I think it's I think it's a less than fifty percent chance. There's a this is me being optimistic, even that there's a World Series. What do you think? I I have no idea. I I think you could flip a coin and you got as much chance of being right one way as the other. I I just there's just no way of knowing and and. You know, we thought we, we thought things were headed in the right direction, and now in the last week or so, not so much. And you know, who the heck knows? And if anybody tells you they do know with with certainty how it's going to play out, don't don't believe them because nobody knows. This everybody's been wrong about everything with this pandemic, and and that's not not a knock on anyone. I mean, it's just uh, no, you just can't. It's something that's unknowable. You can uh, make uh, educated guesses, but even those educated guesses have been wrong. So. We're going to operate here on the podcast as if there's going to be a full season until yep. it's obvious that there's not because that's what that's what we're going to talk about. But it's a it's a pretty uh, you know a sizable chance that we're not going to get that far. But again, I'm trying to be optimistic now after you yelled at me earlier. <laughs> well, as well as well you should. <laughs> you mentioned the bookmakers, and of course we've seen a couple that have had the Reds tied for the best record in the National League Central on their odds. But uh, baseball prospectus. 
released their Pakoda projections this week, and those are always interesting to to look at. You know, these projections every year. Who knows? Uh, it, they use math, I'll tell you that. But the Pakoda projections had the Reds projected to finish in first place in the National League Central. I was told there'd be no math. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know how they do it, but <laughs> they have the Reds winning 33 and losing 27. Have the Cubs 32 win second place, Cardinals 31 uh, and second place. Have the Reds playoff odds percentage uh, chances they make the playoff 64 percent and the next closest is in the central is the cubs at 47 so that's you know that, that's a slim lead but it's pakota says the reds are clearly the slightly the best team i, I know you and jason did did predictions how many how many wins did you predict 60 out of 60 wow yeah yeah well you can't win them all unless you win the first one so if they lose that first game i guess they are done that's why I say they. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> no, I think uh, I think probably uh, I'm going to say 34. Yeah, I had them 33 to 35 somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah, 34 is between 33 and 35. Yes, it is. Yeah, I think that's probably a good place to put them. And I think if you're there, you're probably a playoff team. Yeah, I was looking today. Faye, John Faye, John Fay picked them at 35, and Nightingale picked them at 34. I think either of those. You're. I think you're absolutely in the playoffs. Now, whether you win the division, I don't know, but that's going to be a wild card. Yeah, but I I guess who knows? It's weird. Yeah, who knows? I mean, some team could come out and win forty or sixty or forty-five. I mean, some team comes out smoking. You just never know. I mean, you know, like the seventy Reds won seventy of their first (laughs) hundred. The Reds will not win seventy games this year. That I will predict. I I think you're probably right on that. I'm also pleased to announce they won't lose ninety. They, 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 you know what? They won't lose 80. Oh, it's amazing. What a time to be alive. <laughs> so, you know, we talk about being a crazy season. I think you're right. There's going to be some team that's maybe, maybe the Pirates. Who knows? Maybe the Tigers. There's going to be some team that's going to sneak into the playoffs because it's such a short season and baseball is just crazy. And I think I said it on the podcast last week. I know I've said it before. Uh, there's going to be somebody that's going to win one of the major awards or lead the league in some category that's going to be completely out of left field. You know, and I, I predicted Anthony DiScalfani to win the Cy Young. Something like that. It's going to be somebody crazy. And I, don't know. I, and know, I think it'll be something on the more on the pitching side than on the hitting side. I, I think with this short a season, I think the hitters are going to be behind the pitchers all season long. It's possible. It's possible. Although I don't uh, discount the, the fact that uh, there could be a 400 hitter. I mean, see, I don't. I, I, I mean, it's possible, but I think. Again, because I think the pitchers are going to be in front. I think that's going to, you know, I, I think that's less likely to happen than it would be during, you know, a hundred game season or whatever. Well, listen, I know less than nothing, as uh, listeners of this podcast uh, know very well. But I actually think it's probably the, the the reverse. The pitchers are not going to have nearly as much time to ramp up and get ready for the season as they would ordinarily. So I see the uh, and you know the hitters generally august is the best month for offense anyway of course that's they've been playing for a while but uh you know i don't know i just i feel like the hitters may have a chance of doing something crazy but who knows there may be there may be some pitcher that has a 1.4 era and some hitter that hits 410 i mean you can see something like that still it's just crazy it's possible i mean but they're saying right now that the pitchers are definitely in front of the hitters okay and and at least that's what i've been reading and you don't see any reason with a short season that that's going to have a chance to really adjust a whole lot well, since we're talking about pitchers, one last thing about that opening day game against the Tigers. David Bell announced his opening day starter. Yes, he did. Sonny Gray. Were you a little surprised at that? Not really. Um, I mean, you look at last season and, and 
him and Castillo, you know, they, they were kind of a coin flip, and he decided to go with a guy with, that's, got, that's got a little more time in. I, I have no problem with I, I wouldn't have had a problem with it either way. That's that's the way I feel. You know, uh, Luis, Luis Castillo was the opening day starter last year. And you know, he and Senegar were both all-stars last year. And Senegar was great last year. And uh, you you couldn't go wrong with either of those. I don't think that uh, either guy – I think Gray's happy to get it. As a matter of fact, he said that. But um, – I can't imagine Castillo is too uh, disappointed with it, but the, the way the the way the opening day or, or the openings of the season rotation is going to go, it's going to be like this: Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo, Trevor Bauer, Wade Miley, and Anthony DiSclafani. Now, now there've been some guys, some, some talk that the, the, the some people thought the Reds should have stacked the rotation based on the schedule. What do you, what do you think? I think that uh, Derek Johnson and David Bell know more about that than I do. Um, you know, I, I think they, I think they should to the extent that they can, but there's not going to be very many off days. So I don't know. And, and the pitchers haven't had enough time to really get fully ramped up. So I think you got to be careful with that. But in a short season, if you can get extra starts for any of your pitchers, it seems like this is the year you have to do it because each game is going to matter so much more than the others. What do you think about it? I, I, I wonder how much of their decision-making is being done on, on trying to reward for last year? Cause that opening day starter is always a reward for the previous season. Um, but you know, like you said, they, they know more about how to do this than we do. Um, my, my, my question is, is should Bauer be your number three? Uh, does it matter? Oh, oh, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, my, my problem with, with you know, I mean, they, there's even been talk of, of using Bauer on four days, you know, on four days. And that's the next thing I was going to talk about. But anyway, go ahead and finish your thought. Uh, you know, I, my concern is I want to see Bauer be a lot better than he was last year for the Reds before I, before I start putting a whole lot of faith in him. Now, I know it was a small sample size and all that stuff, but I'm only going off what I saw and it wasn't that good. With Trevor Bauer, you can point to the, you know a couple of years ago when he was legitimately dominant uh, among the top pitchers in all of baseball. But the fact of the matter is, really, that's the only season he's been that guy, and he was not good with Cincinnati uh, last year. Uh, he's uh, he's very outspoken. He's not afraid to say what he wants, and he did say during the off season that uh, he wanted to pitch every four days if he could, and, and he was going to maybe use that as a, like a pitching point uh, or in terms of pitching himself to uh, teams in free agency. And uh, somebody asked Derek Johnson about that, and he said, I've got that as being 100% on the table, especially in a shortened season. It's something he really wants to do, and I think he and thinks he'd thrive in that environment. I know there's questions behind that. At the same time, we're in a posi- I think we're in a position to do it. I trust Trevor. I trust what kind of work he puts in, invests in himself, and I think he feels like if he can do it, I think he can. Now, one thing about that, uh, the, Trevor Bauer works harder than anybody, uh, and, and I think he's going to be ready to go. Now, whether he's going to be good or not, I can't tell you that because he really wasn't last year, but... I don't know. I think you know you can maybe put Disclafani ahead of him, but uh, I, yeah, I think I, Trevor Bauer at number three doesn't uh, bother me that much. But the thing about pitching, you know, on uh, every four days, you know, and just three days rest, that's the type of thing that I think with all their pitchers, if they feel like uh, you know they can skip either either Miley or, or Disclafani and get Gray or Castillo another start in, one extra start could be huge. For the Reds, could be the difference. It really could in a, in a sixty game season. So I think you've got to be looking, and I imagine they will be looking for opportunities to do that. It's sort of similar to what we've said about the uh, 
the hitters. I expect that the the regular nine, really, with a DH, uh, the nine best hitters are going to get by far the most at-bats because there's not going to be very, very many pinch hits with a DH. There's not going to be uh, very many substitutions because you're going to, going to want to need your best uh, players on the field at all times. And I think it's probably the same with the pitching. Now, and there's not going to be many. And you're not going to get days off. You're not going to see guys. You know, if you needed, if you're going to get a day off, you're going to DH. I think it has to be that way, don't you? Yeah, I, I don't think you can afford to play Kyle Farmer, you know, or or you know whoever the 26th guy on the roster is, just to get him at bats. I mean, you're going to have a bunch of Ed Armbristers sitting on the bench. Yeah, it's it's a really a year where a guy like Billy Hamilton could have actually helped the team because you don't have to let him play except when you need him to pinch run. Right. You know, you could you could justify giving him a roster spot, and I think the San Francisco Giants will. Um, but with the pitchers, it's going to be it's something I'm going to be watching to see how Derek Johnson and David Bell manage that staff because I think you got to try to maximize the number of starts that Gray and Castillo get. And I know we're talking about Bauer every four days, but I think it, imagine if you get Gray and Castillo two extra starts in a sixty game season. I mean, that's just uh, that's four games that a lesser pitcher would have pitched. Now, I don't know if they can do that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, the other thing I think will be interesting is to see how, how, and not just with the Reds, but all the how a bunch of the dip managers whether they manage differently when every game means so much. It's a good point. They have to, don't they? I, one would think that you can't, you know, you can't run the Dusty Baker Sunday lineup out there, you know. Like he, like Dusty used to do every Sunday when you'd have four guys that you'd never heard of before. You know, you came off the the cob, they dust the cobwebs off of them off the bench and run them out there on Sundays. You can't do that this year. Not every every game means too much. And, and I, I'll be surprised if any division has more than a, a five four four game split between first and second place. Oh yeah, I think absolutely. That it's going to be like down to the wire in every division probably, unless the Dodgers happen them. to run away with it. Yeah. No, yeah, Dusty's Sunday special lineups were legendary. He just he'd empty the bench uh, every Sunday, and no, you're just not going to see that. You know, you mentioned Kyle Farmer, but you know, a guy like Josh Van Meter who could have been a good bench guy this year, uh, he's not going to play much. Uh, a guy like Aristides Aquino, I don't see how he fits in, even uh, if, if he even makes the roster. You know, uh, a lot of those guys are going to miss a year of playing in the big leagues if they're not a starter. Um, and, and the Reds, you know, you throw in that DH. Fortunately, the Reds have will have a pretty good starting nine, including the DH. Uh, every day, they should be able to field a legitimate hitter at eight of those nine positions, and that's that's well, I don't know, maybe not catch. I mean, you know, catcher okay. Freddie Galvis at shortstop is just okay, but um, but everywhere else, no matter how you mix and match it with the DH, should be pretty good. And that's been a long time, so we can say that. Uh, really, what we're saying is this is essentially Big Red Machine 2.0, right? Uh, maybe two point five. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. So I don't either. But <laughs> you, know, you know, it's interesting though because and and nobody nobody wished for this or anything like that. But but with this happening, as you said, the DH um, being instituted helps the Reds just because of the, the way that the guys that they signed. It seems like they they signed guys without really giving a whole lot of thought as to where they were going to play them. Uh, and additionally, the, the 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 pandemic stopping baseball and and, you know, and for three months or whatever allowed the Reds to get healthy. That's the other thing that this has helped. Yeah, no question about it. With Senzel and uh, Nick Senzel and Eugenio Suarez 
at the top of that list and be able to get healthy. Um, yeah, I just think it's, uh, I think it could really, finally something goes the Reds way maybe, although I'm not willing to, to bet on anything on the Reds way. It never does, but let's talk well, a little bit about, go ahead. Did, didn't you guys, weren't you guys a few weeks ago talking about that every year that the season has been shortened, the Reds have gone to the playoffs? Well, with one exception, um, yeah, I mean, you think of the last few times. Well, that's right, split season they didn't. But, yeah. they, but they had the best record in the majors, but uh, right. they didn't make the playoffs. But, yeah, so every year they've been good. So, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's what the key is. And next year's, you know, there's a chance that next year won't be a full season either. Although the Reds, they did announce the next year's schedule. I don't know if you saw that. They already announced next year's schedule. Yeah, we open, they opened against the Cardinals. 162 games on the schedule, though. Man, that's a lot of games. Seems like a lot. Let's stick with 60. You know what, you probably have to start in like April. <laughs> yeah, that's, can you imagine starting that early? Wow, it'd be, it can be chilly then. <laughs> it can be, uh, especially in Minnesota. Now, um, let's talk even in Cincinnati sometimes. Oh, in gosh. Listen, I, I, you probably have. I have as well been to open a day game when it was snowing, and I don't want to do that again. Yeah, I was there one time, and, and I don't remember what year it was. They were playing the Expos. Uh, we've been in the early '80s, and if it hadn't been for that bottle of schnapps that somebody brought in, I might not have made it. <laughs> I went '93, and it was against the Expos, and because uh, because I, I remember Larry Walker hitting this long home run off Rob Dibble, but uh, it's we were like top six, and it was snowing, and it was just miserable. It was my first opening day. Speaking and, of Dibble, did you hear Lorenzen pull a Dibble today? <laughs> I don't even want to know what pulling a Dibble means. Uh, did he throw the ball out into the? stands he tried he did but I, from what i understand he didn't make the center field fence he, he had <laughs> given up six runs and two and two thirds today and turned around and threw the ball towards center field and apparently it didn't make the fence well in better news for uh michael lorenzen i hear that he has now qualified for this year's mr olympia contest well he's got the biceps for it he does he does mikey biceps he also gave up an uh, an upper deck home run to senzel today so have you been watching any of this uh it's really cool. I watched a little yesterday. I, I saw the home the, the home run yesterday that kind of snuck out of the in the right field corner. Really cool how the Reds are uh, live streaming. Maybe other teams are doing this. I guess I should probably have uh, looked into that, but I really only care about the red legs. You all know that. And really cool. I wish there was sound, but I understand why they don't have sound. Uh, but that you get this to watch and it's something to it's been it's been pretty cool. You know, I watched the the first day they took batting practice on. I watched the very first batting practice that Joey Votto took on on camera. And uh, he took the first pitch. And walked twice yesterday. Midseason form, Joey Votto. Well, you, did you see today? They were originally he and Castellanos were both in, originally in the lineup today. Then they didn't. They didn't take. I read Nightingale on on Twitter. I think it was uh, said they didn't take batting practice. And then neither one of them were in the lineup. And with everything going on, I don't know about you, but that scares the crap out of me. It does me as well. You know, the Reds have. Uh, They've not had any issues with testing that some other teams have had. And so far, we had the report a couple weeks ago that, or last week, I guess, that two players had tested positive, but everybody showed up for camp. So uh, they're never going to announce that if that's what it is. But I guess, you know, we're going to know uh, eventually. Well, if you, don't, if you don't see Joey and, and, and Castellanos in the next couple of days, then you're going to know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So fingers crossed. We don't, I don't want any of that to happen, especially those two guys, because Castellanos, man, he hammered a ball. I think it was against Trevor Bauer uh, yesterday, the day before. Just destroyed a baseball, murdered it. Matter of fact, there's a warrant put out for Castellanos' arrest. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Hope well, I- they, uh, 
he'll be down there uh, at the county jail. He'll be in the justice center before you know it. Send him to my, send him to my courtroom. I'll throw the book at him. There you go. But the book will be the big fifty. Throw the book at him. I'm gonna. I throw the big fifty at every defendant in my courtroom. (laughs) They get an autographed copy of the big fifty to read in the pokey. No, no, it's not autographed unless they get found not guilty. (laughs) So uh, this camp has been interesting, and and just I want to talk a little bit about how it's working. We talked some last week about you know they got the the Great American Ballpark Camp and the Prasco Park Camp out there near the the Ketchup Factory. Uh, Great facility over there. Have you been by that facility? No, I, I, and I heard you and, and Jason talking about it and laughing and looking at it online a couple of weeks ago. And uh, it's and I, today I looked at some pictures. It's a phenomenal looking facility. It is gorgeous. And of course, I've not been there since, you know, it's whenever Jay Bruce was playing. As I, I told that story about the, taking my son to Jay Bruce camp there. But it's a really, really nice facility. We were really surprised. It's sort of out, yeah, we'd never been out that way. And uh, we were uh, really impressed. And uh, the way they're doing it is the, the Reds minor league coordinators are pretty much running the show there at Prasco Park. Um, on field and, and coaching, all that's done by minor league coordinators. And um, the big league staff intends to spend some time there, and they're going to have some of the minor league coaches come over to Great American Ballpark because they do want to get some uh, you know guys like uh, Aquino and some of these guys need to uh, need to see the big league guys, you know, the big league coaches. Today... Uh, Jose Garcia and one other player whose name is now escaping me. This is why you love this podcast. I'm Johnny on the spot, but they came. We over. are always we are always completely professional and prepared. <laughs> they I try to be prepared, but this one's uh, just uh, it's floated out of my head. But they came over and played in the inter squad game today. Um, so we'll be interested to see how they how they play that out. Um, but David Bell said he really wants to wants to work with these guys. Now, um, the pitchers, David Bell said that they've got everybody on a little bit of a different schedule, and some uh, some guys are throwing on the side, some guys are throwing live BPs. They're just they're trying to ramp everybody up, but it's, they got an individualized schedule for everyone, trying to figure out the best way to do everything. Now he talked a little bit, David Bell did, about some of this playing time, and we had talked. Here on the podcast, and I know everyone has, everyone has talked about what are they going to do with all these outfielders. You know, Nick Senzel, Nick Castellanos, Jesse Winker, Shogo Akiyama, Aristides Aquino, Philip Urban. I guess if you throw Mark Payton and Josh Van Meter in there, you know, you've got a bunch of guys that can play outfield. Well, now, as we said, the DH helps that. But something I was really happy to see uh, was that David Bell did say today, or he kind of hinted, uh, well, not today, but yesterday, that uh, Nick Senzel is. Uh, going to get uh, most of the time in uh, in center field. And he said that, uh, essentially, David Bell says, Nick Senzel needs time in the outfield. He needs to learn the outfield. He needs to, uh, he's elite, he's new to the outfield, elite with his running speed, and we want him to see him play center field prior, primarily. Uh, Shogo allows us to do that because of his experience as an outfitter, we can move him around and keep uh, Senzel in center field. So I thought that was pretty good. Were you a little surprised that it's going to be primarily Senzel seemingly rather than Shogo in center field? Yeah, just because of experience and and, and because of the um, importance of every game. You know, you really can't have it be a learning. You, you don't think you'd really have be able to afford to have it be a learning experience. It also makes you wonder whether they got to look at, at Shogo and and think he really isn't the the center fielder that Senzel is going to is maybe even right now. 
Well, there's no way he's as athletic as, uh, as Nick Senzel. Have you seen Senzel in some of these uh, videos? He looks like he spent the whole winter in the weight room. He looks jacked. He's like, uh, what's his name on the PGA Tour, Shambro. <laughs> Bryson DeChambeau, yeah, that guy did, man. He's put on 400 pounds. He's been hitting the ball 700 he, yards he, on his drive. He, he went to the Barry Bond school of he did. golf. It's helping him. But uh, we'll, Bill, save that for our golf podcast that we're going to record after we finish this one. Okay, we'll do that. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring that back up when we talk about the PGA tournament. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, you wonder if some of that is because what they've seen out of Shogo, or and maybe some of it's just you know it's an unknown about Shogo as well. He's not played against big league competition before, but I think they know that Sinzel is the most athletic outfitter they've got. And uh, he needs in- as many innings as they can get him in center field. He's going to be their center fielder of the future. Center fielder of the future. He's got to get as many innings as he can. So I was interested to see it. Uh, and a little surprised because I kind of expected him to to split time with Akiyama. So the the other thing, and this I wanted to ask your question about this because I have been told, uh, I'm, as is well known, I'm no longer on the Twitters, but I've been told that there's been some. Some uh, heated discussion about this story. Nick Castellanos, last week when we were analyzing, Doug Gray and I were analyzing the uh, who's most likely to be the primary DH, we said Castellanos is going to get the most at-bats at DH. Well, Nick Castellanos had something to say about that. No, I don't want to DH. I chose to come to the Reds first and foremost because I believe they can win. But I also liked being in the National League where I get to play defense every day. A goal of mine is to become a better defender every game that I play. Now, some people were comparing that, I'm told, to uh, Rosella Iglesias coming out last year and saying, he, i, I got to be the closer. And we, we criticized Iglesias on this podcast for that position. Do you see this in the same light, Bill? Um, time will tell. I, I think he's going to – I still think you guys are right. I think he's going to get the most at-bats at DH. Um, but I think there'll be, I think, you know, he'll get some at bats at DH. I think Winker will get some at bats at DH. I think Senzel will get some at bats at DH. I think Vado will get some at bats at DH. Uh, probably Mustakas, maybe, you know, who knows? But I, I hope that David Bell is not going to let Nicholas Castellanos tell him where he's going to play his, his players. I know that's old. You know, that's me out railing at my yard again. But you know, if if he if it becomes a problem, then yeah, it's going to be a problem. Uh, I hope he was just talking about what he you know what he'd like and not making demands. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I don't see it as being a demand necessarily. He said he didn't want to, but um, I think there are a couple- the impression that the, I guess the the best way of putting it. Again, I had to gather my thoughts here. I apologize. Is, is I got the impression he was talking about, I don't want to be a full-time, the full-time DH. And I understand that, you know, he, he signed with a national league team and it, at some point he's going to have, be looking for another contract. And, and if he doesn't play, you know, any, any defense this year, that hurts his negotiating position in the future. Right. So I mean, I, I see some of what he's saying, but as long as he's willing to, you know, take his, you know, take his turn when, it, you know, when they ask him to DH and, and not grouse about it, I don't have a problem with him not wanting to be a full-time DH. Yeah, the truth of the matter is, if you ask Joey Votto, you know what he's going to say? No, I don't want to DH. If you ask uh, Jesse Winker, 
He's going to say, no, I don't want a DH. I think all those guys will say that. And I think for Castellanos, I think following it up by saying a goal of mine is to become a better defender every game I play. Listen, I don't have a problem at all with, with him saying that. Uh, as long as he doesn't refuse to – if he doesn't pull a Scotty Pippen and refuse to go in the game when he's uh, asked to DH, then uh, I actually I actually want that guy. But the Reds also going to have to take into consideration that he has an opt-out in his contract after this season. So, you know, they also do have to kind of – you know, uh, they don't want to make him upset, I guess. So that that may play into it. But I didn't take that from what he said, although plenty of people evidently take that, took that from, from what he said. Uh, I will note that there, Mike Petrello of MLB.com, really good guy. And uh, back when I was on Twitter, he was a good follow on Twitter. But uh, he wrote a few months ago about how much Cassianos uh, had improved his defense and uh, after leaving uh, Detroit. And blamed, I think, a lot of Castellanos' bad reputation for defense on being young and still learning, number one, but also playing in that cavern out there in Detroit. And so maybe in a, a stadium like Great American Ballpark that maybe he can be a little better defensively. And I think he wants to prove that he can. And I don't know, he he looks athletic just watching him on the field. And, well, I know he is athletic, but uh, he looks like he should be able to play defense, I guess. is that uh, that's uh, I'm really not a scout, am I? No, you're really not. And, and, and you mentioned Winker earlier, and I knew I'd read something. I just I just found it. Uh, Winker says he's okay with left, center, right, or DH. He said, I'll do whatever. I just want to see my name in the lineup. <laughs> yeah, he's the, one- the kind of guy I want on my ball club. That's true. And, you know, matter of fact, you know, you, you can make a good argument that having Castellanos in the lineup or in the, in the, in the defensive lineup over Winker is probably a, a net positive because Castellanos doesn't have a great reputation, but he's quicker than – than Winker and, and Winker's just not a great defensive player, just not. But man, I want his bat in the lineup, and I think uh, especially against right-handed pitching, it, Winker's the kind of guy that could hit 400. He, may, you know, you could see him coming out and hitting 400 because he's just that kind of hitter. I know you say nobody's going to hit 400, but if anyone on the Reds were to hit 400, who's it going to be? I, you know, I, there was there was a, a article I don't remember where I read it, and one of one of the people said if somebody does it this year. They predicted it'd be, and it wasn't a Reds writer. This was a national. Yeah, it won, I saw that, but it's one player in baseball. Who, who do you say it was going to be? Joey Votto. And of course, you know, obviously, I can see that too, because he's Joey Votto. If if Joey becomes the old Joey and not the recent Joey, he's going to be. Come on, trust. Joey. I hope you're right. Trust Joey. But Winker could do it too. I mean, don't you think? I. And I think, and this is again going back. You can tell I've been I've listened to you and Jason a couple weeks. Ago. I think Jason, you said a couple of weeks ago, or it might have been Chris. I can't even remember which week it was now. But they said we've never really seen Winker get smoking hot for any extended period of time. And and it's possible that you could get hot for thirty games out of sixty and just be on fire. And he's, I agree with you, he, you know, he's the kind of guy that's going to do it. And, and if they're not going to play him against left-handers, he's not going to see the guys that are really going to give him fits. Yeah. If he's just sitting against right-handed pitching, which he should be, he's likely to have really good numbers. But the, but the point you just made is what I keep, that's that's the kind of the way I want to put it. If somebody gets hot for 30 games, people do that all the time. There's some guy at the end of April who's just killing the ball. And everybody's like, oh, he's a great season. And they just, you know, trail off and are awful. But if you do in that, August, you don't even remember them. Exactly, but but if you do that this year, that person's numbers are still going to be great at the end of the season. They can't do bad enough to bring it down. Yep. So, Castiano said, uh, from a comfort level, um, 
I'd, he'd say he prefers to play right field because that's where he's had the majority of games. But he, but then he said, but that doesn't mean that if David asked me to play left or any other position because the team needed it, that I'm going to say no. It doesn't mean I'm going to say no, he was saying. Uh, just that he's more comfortable. So that kind of tells me that this DH thing is being overblown. I think so. I think so, you know. I hope so. Well, when Rosella Iglesias said that stuff last year, and I'm listen, I'm one of the biggest fans of Rosella Iglesias on earth. I think he's been the most one of the most underrated pitchers in baseball for the last few years. Uh, but when he said that, I mean, that, that was a situation where he was literally saying he was blaming the Reds for his struggles because he was having to pitch before the ninth inning, and it was completely ludicrous, and it was it was selfish. And I, I'm like you. I don't see that with with, uh, with Castro or any of these guys. Uh, I've not heard enough to make me think any of these guys are being selfish. Uh, I think they want to win, don't you? Uh, all I can go by is what I'm reading, and they're you know they're talking about how the energy levels up, and everybody's excited, and everybody you know really wants to. And and you know there was no talk of anybody on this ball club considering opting out, uh, at least as far as I know, which tells you everybody wants to be here. So you know I, I, I'm I'm as excited as you can be when you're nervous. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point about opting out. <laughs> <That makes sense. laughs> it does make sense. About opting out, it makes it makes sense to me just in the sense of you really couldn't have blamed somebody. You know, yeah, Tucker Barnhart's got a pregnant wife. I mean, you, you couldn't have blamed somebody for opting out under these circumstances. But that's a good kind of a data point about, uh, you know, this bunch really feels like they can win. And now we're hearing from all these other uh, outlets, you know, everyone has the Reds, as if not the best, uh, uh, one of the best teams in the division. And... Uh, I don't know. It's just a, a whole different. I hate that we lost the whole season for a, a lot of reasons. I mean, I hate the way things have happened in this country uh, with the, with the pandemic. Uh, outside of baseball, you know, who cares about baseball? But we do. Well, we do. We do. But you you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. The Reds, in the grand scheme of things, baseball doesn't mean a whole lot. Yeah, the Reds missing a full season is, you know, it doesn't even register. Uh, but of all seasons <laughs> to miss, you know. I feel selfish for saying that. I apologize. I'm really not trying to be uh, disrespectful or uh, you know unfeeling about what a lot of people have gone through with this pandemic. It's just Cincinnati sports have you know given us so many headaches over the years, and I thought this was going to be the one year. But you know it still may be. And yeah, hey, maybe the maybe the virus will uh, take a different turn, and we'll get a full season, and the Reds will win the World Series, and you know uh, that's that's where my mind is right now. I'm I'm going to be optimistic. Again, I don't want to. You know, yep. you know, the other thing that's going to be interesting too, though, assuming we get to through the sixty games and into the playoffs, is that teams are going to be making the playoffs that they haven't and playing teams in the playoffs that they haven't seen all year. Literally, haven't seen all year. Right, and in addition to the fact that you know the Reds, if the Reds make the playoffs, win, let's say they win their division, you know, is there thirty five, thirty six? Wins going to mean as much as a thirty-win team in the you know AL East <laughs> or in the NL East. You know what I mean? Because because we, we haven't seen any of those teams, and, and you know they're battling each other, so they're going to beat each other up. So their records are going to be weirder than you know different than the ones in our in our division and in the A and the AL Central. It, it, the playoffs are going to be a, a real crapshoot. You know when when they start as the who are really the best teams? You sure aren't going to be able to tell by the records. No, you're not going to know by the standings or the records. You know, within the division, you know, each team is playing a roughly similar schedule, so you can kind of compare them. But you can't compare that schedule to any other team because they've literally played a completely different schedule. Than, right. it's it's going to be crazy. And it, and if we do get to a, a situation where we have a playoffs and a World Series, uh, it could make it 
even more fun, you know, just because it's so much unknown, you know. And when the Reds are playing the Tampa Bay Rays in the World Series, and no, no, when the Reds are playing the Orioles, let's say that, they can get some uh, revenge for uh, 1970, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> just Brooks Oakland, Rock. We play Oakland because it's always fun to beat the A's. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Let's say let's say Oakland because that was the that was the big heartbreak. And I and I know you guys have already covered this a couple weeks ago, but um, I hate the extra inning rule. I hate it. Yeah, I don't like it either. I'm not gonna. Again, and, you know, and I'm I'm like you, you know, and, and you talked about on, on one of the, the prior prior. I can't get too worked up about the DH, especially for this year. It is what it is. I mean, you knew it was coming, and you and and you know, in two years, it's going to be here forever. Unfortunately, uh, but the 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 this thing with the extra inning game, I don't understand. I guess they're trying to save pitchers. You know, don't tell me we're trying to hurry up, hurry the games up because you aren't going to have any fans, so there isn't any reason to hurry the games up. Um, I, it, but it's, it's I, I don't like anything that, 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 in my opinion, affects the integrity of the game, changes the game. And, and as my wife said when she heard it, this sounds like uh, Sunday morning beer league softball rules. <laughs> Well, as uh, I think that was when I was talking to uh, Chris Garber because uh, he and I, you know, our, our kids all have played uh, travel uh, baseball mm-hmm. and softball for me, and Chris's kids play travel baseball, uh, and that's been the rule. We've dealt with that rule forever. And I I loved it in travel sports because it meant the game would get over and we could get out of the hundred degree heat quicker. <laughs> get back to the hotel, <laughs> right? But yeah, I, I I don't like it, and I I hate the designated hitter. But I could absolutely live with the designated hitter living on past this year, which it probably will, um, at least maybe in a couple of years. But I could live with that more than I could live with this rule sticking around forever. I mean, I would I would rather just say we'll stop after let's stop after ten innings and have a home run derby, because you know well, who cares at that point if you're gonna if you're gonna just screw with the game. Home run well, derby's fun. Didn't, didn't, I don't remember. It was, again, I don't remember whether it was Chris or Jason had the idea of pulling a, a fielder off the field. That was Chris, yeah. That would be fun. I, I felt that, and, and it's funny because after I heard him talk about that, I mentioned it to a couple friends of mine that are baseball fans. And they went, that's kind of an interesting idea because there'd be strategy involved. Oh, great. And you pull off and it's kind of an, a cool idea. That Chris, he, he thinks outside the box. He's all right. He's all right sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, you get to the 14th inning and, you know, you got five on five or six on six or whatever. Man, that'd be fun. It'd be like, it'd be like the NHL. Exactly. It would be exactly like the NHL in every way. You could even have fights. You have dro- and you drop the gloves. You know, <laughs> you have to drop the glove. You might have to drop the glove. Oh man, uh, baseball's crazy. So let's just uh, let's embrace it. You want to answer some uh, some viewer mail questions, Bill? Yes, I would love to. These questions, as always, come from our friends at patreoncom slash Radio, where you too can join the family. Support Red Leg Nation Radio, and we got a we got a really great group, and really appreciate everybody that has supported the podcast uh, by kicking in a few bucks every month and uh, and keeping the keeping the ship afloat. But we appreciate them for doing that. We absolutely do. We have a lot of fun on our Slack channel, uh, which is where we uh, talk about the. It's kind of the it's it's my respite from Twitter. I, you know, like I said, I didn't I didn't know you'd resign from Twitter. Yeah, it's uh, been a month over a month now. I think I just uh, you know I, I logged on one day. And I think probably did, my, did you and Hunter Green have a problem again? <laughs> no, this time it's not Hunter Green's fault. Oh, Hunter <laughs> Green, please love me again. But uh, no, well, I can't. Just, 
winter. That's true. That's true. And I, I think that's probably my last post. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's another one before that, but that was that day, I think. But I said something. I logged on and I saw something that was so monumentally stupid. And, you know, we live in stupid times uh, yes, in, in, in a lot of ways. But uh, important times, I'm not uh, discounting that, but uh, just, uh, you know, ridiculous times in other ways. And I saw something that was so monumentally stupid that I just said, I can't do this. And I closed it, or I made that post, and I closed it. I don't think I've been on since that since that post. But was I, you this know, something about baseball, or was it something about the real world? It was something about the real world, yeah. Okay. And Something uh, important right. in the scheme of things, yeah. The fact of the matter is, I will probably come back when baseball gets back going, because that's the only redeeming quality of Twitter is that, you know, talk, there's a really good group that uh, I've curated over the years to talk baseball with. And I love all those uh, guys and gals and everybody that I uh, talk uh, Twitter with, but Twitter baseball with. But in the meantime, I've been just hanging out on our Slack channel. And we have a good time uh, talking about baseball. Really good group. So you can join us as well. Patreon.com slash Red Radio. Quick thank you this week to our newest patron, newest member of the family. And as we always do, we got to pick a position for this uh, for this guy, David Katzenmeyer. David Katzenmeyer has joined us. David, thank you so much. Really appreciate you joining us at Patreon. Now, Bill, uh, you know it's our custom. We got to pick a position for this guy, and I know exactly what position David plays. But I think uh, he's a catcher. David Katzenmeyer is a catcher. You think? Yeah, it reminds me of Cannon's Catanzaro. Used to be a catcher named Catanzaro. Ooh, I don't know about that, but okay, catcher. I could see that. Here's what I see, though. What do you got? I think that David, David Katzenmeyer, he's a little leaguer. He's like 12 years old. And he, <laughs> he breaks his arm catching a fly ball. And when the doctor removes the cast, he discovers that uh, his tendons have healed a little too tight. So he's able to pitch with incredible force. And uh, so he, like, you know what? You ought to write a, a, a movie script for that. I know. It sounds like a movie, doesn't it? It does. I think David Katzenmeyer is uh he's gonna he's gonna phenom. win rookie he's gonna win rookie of the year he'll be rookie of the year. he'll be a phenom <laughs> he'll be a phenom make it to the big leagues and uh that's obviously a a nod to the movie rookie of the year but david katzenmeyer that's he's a, he's a pitcher that comes out of nowhere but, he, to but he's star. pitching for the reds and not for the twins actually that was the cubs was it the Cubs? That was What's the Cubs. The with the twins? You're thinking of the uh, Little Big League, where the guy was the. Is that what it is? His grandfather okay. owned the Twins, and he made him manager. Yeah, that's what. Okay. <laughs> Two classic, classic films. Yeah. So David Katzenmeyer. You, you know what? Us. You know those. Uh, uh, um, I can't think of the, the actor's name. He played uh, President Palmer on Twenty Four and, and Serrano on Major League, and he does the Allstate commercials. Yeah, and I'm always, and I'm, it always bugs me in those commercials. They go, "Oh, he's the whatever the catchphrase for the, the you know, for the insurance thing is." I said, "Somebody ought to say, hey, no, he's not. He's Pedro Serrano.' That's right. <laughs> oh, get him to say something about Joe Boo. That'll sell some insurance. That's right, Joe Boo. I love that. That that's one of my. That's not my favorite baseball movie. It's probably my second. It's up there. Watch it again yes. recently. It's hilarious. Still, it's hilarious. It is. All right, let's answer these questions coming from our friends at Patreon. First one comes from Skylar Webker. Skylar asks, now seeing the Reds' schedule, what do you think the Reds' overall record will be? We already uh, answered that one, really, I guess. But And who will be the team leaders in these big categories? Wins, ERA, RBI, and home runs. So we said overall record. Uh, I think you said 34. Well, you said... Yeah, somewhere I, in there. Right around there. We both said the same thing, basically. 34 and 26. Yeah. Um, team leaders in wins. 
I'm going with uh, with Luis Castillo. I'm going with a guy out of the bullpen because I don't think we're going to get five innings out of the the, the starters. Mm-hmm. Or, you know. Interesting. So who? Uh, Lorenzen? So I'm going to say Michael Lorenzen. There you go. Okay. ERA? Despite, despite what he did today. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, see, he won't be pitching against the Reds. Exactly. See, that's it. He gets to pitch against bad teams, not the Reds. Good call. <laughs> ERA. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Anthony DiSclafani. I'm gonna go with Amir Garrett. Oh yeah, good call. Um, runs batted in. Yasiel Mr. Puig. <laughs> By the way, he doesn't play for the Reds anymore. No, he doesn't. Runs batted in. Uh, I'll say Nick Castellanos. That's exactly who I was gonna say. Whoever's batting uh, behind Senzel, Winker, and uh, and Votto. Uh, I could see it being uh, Moustakas as well. Home runs? Mr. Suarez. Hey, Eugenio Suarez. I agree with you on that. So there's your answers. Risto Neely asks, with the rotation basically set now, who do you think will be the long man when David Bell needs one? Do you use Disco or go to a bullpen man like Lucas Sims or possibly Michael Lorenzen? And the answer to his musical question from a couple weeks ago, if you all remember that one, High Flying Bird by Richie Havens. Peppy Tune in the lyric fit the situation that uh, when he was flying, flying those high flying birds in the military. And I believe Richie Havens played that at, at uh, Woodstock. Oh, there you go. You were there, right? Uh, no, no. So too much mud for me. I don't like getting dirty. <laughs> That's good. Long man when David Bell needs one. I mean, I think if you need a, need a long man, it's going to be Tyler Malley, right? Tyler Malley or Lucas Sims uh, would be my guess. Yeah, Sims looked pretty good. Uh, I think was it yesterday? Looked really good. But, uh, yeah, I think Malley or, or Lucas Sims. I don't see Lorenzo being really a long man. He's got big biceps, though. Not as big as Lorenzen's. Um, that's what I said, Lorenzen. Well, I, I? I thought you said Sims, but you okay. can go back and look at it later. Oh, my gosh. Why are we even doing this if you're not going to listen to me, Billy? When did you? When have I ever listened to you? We've been friends for how many years? You and have you? Have I ever listened to you once? <laughs> no, not even there once. Joe Farsing. I'm not going to break my record now. <laughs> Our buddy Joe Farsing, who I he's I love this guy. He's just amazing. He's fantastic, and he got accused of being. He accused me of abusing him on the podcast, so I got to say that now. Recast the Godfather Part One, but using current and former Reds. Jockety has to be Tessio, right? You know, I think Jock, Walt Jockety, Walt Jockety. Okay, let's recast it quickly as we we can. Godfather Part One. I only only gave this some thought. I only thought about the the, the brothers and the father. Yeah. Yeah. So Don, Don Vito Corleone. That's Joey Votto. That's Joey Votto. Yes. (laughs) We agree on that one. Michael Corleone. Al Pacino. Tucker Barnhart. Tucker Barnhart? Really, the thinker, the, the the guy that's thinking, that's always planning, that's the catcher. Hmm, I like it. I'm gonna go for Co- Michael Corleone. I'm gonna go for a guy like uh, I'm gonna say Amir Garrett. You know, you don't think he's gonna be one of the guys, but he turns out to be. See, I I got Garrett as Sonny. You know, the guy, the emotional guy, the guy that's gonna take action. Okay, I'm with that's you. Amir. I'm with you. Amir Garrett's Sonny. Oh, I don't know that I see uh, Tucker Barnhart. I'm going to go with. Uh, and, and he and Tucker and, and, and Pacino are even about the same height. That's not a compliment, Bill. I, I don't think Tucker would appreciate that. He's a friend of the podcast. An FOP. Yes, he is. Tucker knows how tall he is. 
<laughs> you think he does? I he, think he probably does. He doesn't need you talking about it. I'm going to go Nick Senzel. He's the young guy just coming in with his, uh, with his family. And he's about to take over, as someone wrote in Cincinnati Magazine this winter. Who's Tom Hagen? That was a wonderful article. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Tom Hagen, played by Robert Duvall mm. in the movie. I know, the, the great American actor. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. Who do you got for Hagen? For Hagen, that's a tough one. I mean, I think I probably, gosh. I mean, it's got to be somebody that's doesn't play a lot. I mean, like Sonny Gray. It could be Sonny Gray. I was thinking more like a bench guy that feels like he should be getting more playing time. You know, but it's still really important to the team. I think uh, I think Walt Jockety is Tessio, by the way, played by Abe Vigoda, obviously. Yes. Um, no, I think Sonny Gray is uh, is Connie. Tall you, <laughs> tall you share. Um, what about Fredo? Who are you going to make Fredo? <laughs> Fredo. Fredo is Scott yeah. Shebler. Fredo would have been Derek Dietrich. <laughs> Derek Dietrich would have been Fredo. Yeah, Derek Dietrich would be Fredo. I don't have a Tom uh, a Tom Hagen, so we'll go with Sonny Gray. Anyway, that's a fun question. A great, great, great movie. If you've not seen The Godfather, what are you waiting for? Quit listening to us. Go watch it now. Really, get get out of your chair right now and go get it. Literally. Next question again from Risto Neely, and this question is specifically for Bill. Come on, Risto. Where's where's the love for uh, for Chad? Question is, since we are both of a certain vintage, I am older by at least five years or more. I was born in 1951 and witnessed the machine firsthand like you did. There was no mention of Jack Billingham's World Series production in three World Series, 72, 75, 76, for 25.1 innings pitched with a combined ERA of .36. I understand the time and volume constraints y'all were under, so I can understand the omission. I always liked watching him work, even when he threw the pitch that Hank Aaron hit for 714. You want to respond to that one, Bill? Yeah, I think Risto missed something because I know I remember we met, we talked about that at least twice. Yeah, I know that you mentioned it. It was uh, something that you made a point at least a couple times of missing. Yeah, and in fact, we talked about him it being a, a record until Baumgartner came and broke it. Yeah. Now, perhaps Risto is correct in that we didn't give it as much love as we should have because that's, that, that's huge. I mean, that's he's he was as important certainly as any pitcher for the Reds in those World Series. Um, and that's, well, I he think, was their most effective pitcher in those three World Series. Yeah. Period. The end. And, and, and the fact of the matter is, I don't think we can argue at this point, he was the best player they got in that trade that brought Billingham to Cincinnati, wasn't he? He was the best player named Jack that came over in that trade. Not Joe? No. Joe Morgan. Kyle Kapler asks. I knew, I knew who you were talking about. I, I, I assumed you did, Bill. <laughs> you lived it, baby. Kyle Kapler, love that name. I don't remember what position we gave Kyle Kapler when he joined up, uh, joined the family at uh, Patreon, but Kyle Kapler has to be a pitcher, and he's like a high strikeout, like a Roger Clemens. With a, oh, I, see, I, I was thinking like a speedy shortstop. No, with a K's in his name? He, he, yeah, you, good point. Striking yeah, yeah, out yeah. a lot of guys? That's, yeah, I like that. Yeah. He asked this on the Hunt for Reds October pod, so basically what Kyle is admitting to is that he's been cheating on us with another podcast. Uh Although I, but, I don't know about you, but I'm very hurt. I'm, I'm extremely hurt, although I also listen to the Hunt for Reds October podcast. Love those guys. Not safe for work. If you can listen to it with your kids in the room, but it's worth listening to. Um, his question is this. What's your go-to snack and drink choice 
while watching the Reds from home this summer. Go to snack and drink choice while watching the Reds from home this summer. Now, Kyle says his is going to be bush light and salted peanuts. But what's yours? I don't really have one. I, I, I'm i not a big after I'm not a big snack guy at night and and I don't drink a lot. I, I like to drink beer, but I don't drink a lot of beer at home. I, I, I don't really have an answer to this. So you're going to drink a bottle of water and you're not going to eat anything. And probably. And, and, and Kyle, you know, you're, I'm assuming you're a married guy like, you know, most of us, us folks that are on here are. I hope your wife doesn't have to pick up the peanut shells. That's right. Yeah, really. <laughs> um, or she, or she might be, you know, um, putting knots on your head, my friend. If I was, if it's in my home, I'll tell you, be picking up the peanut shells. Um, not me. You. I mean, not yeah, not my wife. Uh, <laughs> now, if this weren't 2020, when I was uh, working so hard to uh, improve my uh, gorgeous figure, you know, I probably would go with some kind of a potato chip. Probably just Ooh. a. Just a regular potato. Oh, I love a potato chip. Me too. You know, if I was going to talk potato chips, Grippo's Barbecue. Oh, not barbecue. Barbecue potato chips are the spawn of the devil. No, Grippo barbecue ch- chips are the greatest bar- potato chip ever made. I don't care. I don't really care which brand, but I'm going to go with uh, some kind of kettle cooked chip. Uh, just plain kettle cooked, but not barbecue. God. No. Why would you want to ruin a gorgeous potato chip with barbecue you, flavoring? You could not be any wronger. I know. That's what my wife tells me. She loves any barbecue. more wrong, wronger. I don't uh, know. Yeah, my whole family loves the barbecue. But, but I'm staying away from snacks in the evening right now as well. My drink choice probably going to be, probably going to be, say, um, a Woodward Reserve. Just a just a finger or two of, uh, of the bourbon. And, there you uh, go. And, uh, are, are, are we dieting, Chad? I have been for about six months, and, uh, you know, I don't want to talk about it here, but, uh, you know, it's going How pretty well. How far are you down? Come on. Come on. Tell us. <laughs> You're really going to call me out on my podcast? I'm down 35 since February. I'm down 31 since January. So you beat me. So we we, we almost lost a, a small person between <laughs> the two of us. We have lost a person. <laughs> yeah. Started lifting weights at my brother's urging for the first time and uh, watching what I eat, and it's done wonders. So whatever. I'm, uh, I'm a, Good I'm for a, you. Listen, I'm a handsome. You know, same for you. Let's just. It was always clear, but now it's even more clear that I'm just a handsome devil. Thomas Dennis. Sabrina, I hear Sabrina throwing up in the background. <laughs> she was back in January. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Thomas Dennis asks at Patreon.com/slash/RedLegRadio. It seems the controversy of the day is Castellano saying he doesn't want to be DH, or maybe more accurate that he wants to play the field. And this is where I heard it, Thomas. I knew I heard that somewhere, and. I thought it was in our Slack channels because Thomas asked his question. I saw it. The evil Twitterverse is locking in, likening it to comments last year by Iglesias when he said he only wanted to close. Do you agree? Disagree? Personally, I'd be more concerned if he'd said, good. I didn't want to have to play defense anyway. Now, I knew I'd seen that, and I forgot that it was your question, Thomas. We, we already answered that, but I like his point that I'd be way more concerned if he just said, yeah, good. I didn't want to have to play defense. I just, just let me yeah. hit. He's right. That's a, wonderful, that's a great way of putting it. Absolutely. Yeah. Rich Thompson asks, now Rich last week really kind of uh, hung me out to dry. So this week I think he's trying to trying to make up for it. Dear Chad, like yourself and, and Rich, uh, we do love Rich, but Rich is the king of the uh, lengthy questions. But we're going to get through this. Like yourself, I'm a bit of a movie geek that also appreciates critically acclaimed or independent gems. However, I also appreciate some off-the-wall comedies and remake parodies. 
Now, I do believe that Adam Dunn, who's one of your favorite Reds, has dabbled in a film. He was in Dallas Buyers Club. But he has yet to find the right project to skyrocket him to Hollywood stardom. Obviously, I feel that a comedy or remake parody would be perfect for him, for, perfect for him to flex his comedic genius. I also think that it needs to be paired with the right co-star and have the right project pinned for him, too. Therefore, I propose that Adam's next movie project be a buddy film and that he is paired with another of your all-time favorite Reds, Billy Hamilton. Now, the table of set, which of these projects would you like to see Adam and Billy in? Adam and Billy's More Excellent Adventure, Dumb and Dumber. Uh, do we have to stop at the rest stop just because there is one? Twins, the new edition. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't even know what that means, the rest of that. So, um, Adam and Billy Hamilton in a movie. Actually, you could make a pretty good uh, buddy comedy with that. I'm going to go with Adam and Billy's More Excellent Adventure. Any thoughts on that one, Bill? I think they should do a remake of Rush Hour. With uh, with oh, with Adam Dunn and Billy Hamilton. There you I, go. I like it. I like it. That's uh, pretty good. Hey, you know there's a new uh, Bill and Ted movie coming out. Bill yeah, and- I know. Gosh, you're the worst. Joe Farsing with the most important question of the podcast: Would you rather fight a thousand mouse-sized Adam Dunns or one Adam Dunn-sized mouse? Would you rather fight a thousand? Mouse-sized Adam Dunn's or one Adam Dunn-sized mouse? I like we got two Adam Dunn questions this week. Uh, I think the answer is obviously a thousand mouse-sized Adam Dunn's. I think I'd rather fight an Adam Dunn-sized mouse. Once again, demonstrating how wrong you are about everything. Now we got one uh, last question here. This one comes from twitter.com slash redlegradio comes from at the Frank Novak. Again, we've talked about him before. This is not any just any Frank Novak. This is the Frank Novak. Oh, I didn't. I, I never thought we'd get a chance to, to really, you know, kind of get to know the the Frank Novak. Yeah, I can't believe there's not actually a blue check next to his name. If Man, you were, I, I think I, I, I'm on my best behavior now. <laughs> now I'm going to ask this, and, and until the very end, you're not going to have any clue what this question is referring to. I knew immediately, but you're not going to have any clue, Bill. And if I'm okay. if I, if I'm correct, I want you to tell me whether I'm correct at the very end. If okay. you if you were given the following multi-tool players, where would you play them in the field for the Reds? And the players are Jeff Coffin, Rashawn Ross, Tim Reynolds, Buddy Strong, Stefan Lassard, Carter Beaufort, Leroy Moore, Boyd Tinsley, and Dave Matthews. Now was I right, Bill? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you recognize the last name, right? I, I assume those are all the members of the Dave Matthews Band. Well, current and former members okay. of the Dave Matthews Band. So I'll let you take this question. <laughs> I'm not. I don't think I'm going to answer that question. But um, everyone... I suffered a loss. Speaking of music, I suffered a loss this week. Did you? We lost Charlie Daniels. Oh, that's right. Charlie Daniels. That's right. Well, I, 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 I suffered a loss as well. Music slash movies. I'll talk about in just one moment. Um, okay. But uh, I don't know. Dave Matthews, I guess, is, uh, I don't know. He's kind of loopy. I don't think I'd even start him. Uh, I don't know where to go. Rashawn Ross is going to be my first baseman. I'll say that. Um, and what does, he, what, did he, what does he play? He plays horns. Okay. Saxophone, usually trumpet. Uh, Tim Reynolds is the big time guitar player, so he's my uh, he's my shortstop, the virtuoso shortstop. Uh, right. Buddy Strong's on the keys. Uh, 
I don't know. I'm going to put him in uh, in center field. Uh, Stefan Lassard is your base player. Um, I'm going to give Carter Beaufort. He's the catcher. He's the drummer. I'm going to say he's the catcher, but Stefan Lassard, the base player, still another key player. I think he's your manager. I don't know. It's a ridiculous question, and I love it. Keep making fun of me, friends, for loving the Dave Matthews Band. I, I accept it. Um, now the one I was going to say about the we lost this week was Ennio Morricone, the uh, who wrote the scores for so many great films, including all the uh, spaghetti westerns of Sergio Leone, the greatest uh, composer in movie history. I think history. they passed on the same day. Oh yeah, they probably did. So anyway, um, Bill, I think that's a good place to to stick a pen in it. Any thoughts? Final thoughts here about your Cincinnati Reds. Two weeks to opening day. That's amazing. <laughs> and we're saying that in July. Yeah, it, it's amazing that we're saying that in July. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, if you want to follow us, uh, we are still on Twitter. The uh, The podcast is at Red Leg Radio. Uh, come join us at Patreon, patreon.com slash Radio. Support the podcast. Join the family. We've got a great group uh, that just is continuing to grow, and it's been a lot of fun uh, getting to know everybody that's joined us there. Uh, at redlegnation.com every single day we're following uh, the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Bill, it's always fun, buddy. Yep, always enjoy talking to you, my friend. All right, for Bill Lack and Henry Rowengartner, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from redlegnation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app and join us for discussion of all things Reds at redlegnation.com. 24 hours a day, seven days a week.